0: welcome to let's discuss everybody hopefully you're back again from listening to some of our other discussions as always i'll be your host freeman beals entrepreneur and stress management coach and beside me is the amazing keenan hart he's a mental advocate as well as the co-founder of the telehealth company francis and today we're gonna to be chatting about ai's impact on mental health and when i first realized this There was two ways that this discussion could go. And I'm curious, Keenan, on which way you're going to take it.
1: All right. So when I hear the topic, let's discuss AI and the impact on mental health, I had the exact same thought that you had. Which way can we go in the direction, (laughs) right? And because you and I are, you know, people who really kind of talk about optimism, talk about positivity, I think it's important for us to start on that track to put the, you know, the train on the right tracks to get us started. So, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been looking at just technology in general as having a huge impact on our mental health. Because I founded a telehealth company, I think that technology has an opportunity to be a positive impact on our mental health. But the question is how? And as we've Mm -hmm. seen over the last couple of months, there have been incredible innovations when it comes to how healthcare systems, providers, and different organizations are utilizing AI. One of the things that I put out on social media a couple of weeks ago You might have seen it was, I envision AI playing a key role in being the responder to help in crisis situations. Coming from the mental health space, I recognize that we have a gigantic shortage of mental health providers and the ability to meet demand. One of those is meeting the demand instantaneously when somebody's in a crisis. So naturally, when I saw a progression of chat GPT, as an example, and you see AI being democratized, more people can start utilizing it. I started instantaneously thinking about the future in which a behavioral health or a mental health organization was going to start leveraging AI as that initial touchpoint to be able to point people in the right direction towards additional services, counselors, therapists, or even de-escalating some sort of crisis intervention. So if you have a system that recognizes best practice to respond to somebody who's feeling super depressed or feeling even suicidal, how do we leverage technology to be able to nurture the relationship until we can hand them off to a human counterpart? And that's kind of where I saw naturally the inquisitiveness of my brain went to the place of thinking about the role AI is going to play in mental health in the future. But I'd love to kind of hear your two cents. I
0: knew you were going to have a great take on this. Like you said, you're in the telehealth space. And I was like... Keenan's going to eat this up. My first thought, much like yours, was, okay, let's be optimistic. Where is this going to go? And I think the reason that I wanted to go there as well, we tend to, and you're going to agree with me, and hopefully you listening will understand, we in society tend to think of things as good and bad, as this or that. And it's like, well, that's never the case. So I don't want to say that there won't be negative implications of AI on mental health. Anybody could look at what's going on on TikTok and the filters as a negative implication of that. And if you're curious some more, we're going to talk about that in the unreal beauty expectations So go check out that episode as well. But that could be a negative connotation, but this is like like anything, it's a multitude of different things that are going to be happening. And I for one am in the same boat as you are, I believe that tech will have an optimistic and positive impact on us. And it's up to us to decide that that is going to be the impact. And it's more important than ever to focus on that being the good impact. Absolutely. And you touched right away on, and I I love this is where your brain was going, because when I was diving into this, it's actually the data. Right now, there's a massive shortage in both North America and probably worldwide on healthcare practitioners. There is not enough of them for the demand. So two things are happening. We don't have enough healthcare practitioners, and the demand for them is going up. So crazily, this is, these numbers kind of floored me a little bit when I pulled them up. So right now, and this is Canada-based, and I'm sure the numbers are pretty similar for America, but one in five Canadians have experienced a mental health illness. One in five. And that was before COVID-19.
1: Which is incredible to think about, but I go to the same position you are. It's like in the world of mental health practice, right? So much of the face-to-face interaction happens in an exchange of time. And if one in five people in Canada have had a mental health issue or mental health illness, is there enough resources to be able to trade enough time to be able to get the benefit that people are looking for? Can I sit down with one yeah. in five people for 30, 45 minutes and have a conversation, take a deeper dive and start digging into what it's going to take to feel the release or feel the relief of kind of this issues that I'm dealing with? I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. And something that you said there really was inspiring to me, which was the attitude of maybe. I saw Gary Vaynerchuk put a post out on this about social media the other day. And he was talking about when social media first came out, you had people who had a very binary experience or reaction. Yes, this is going to work. No, this is going to not. Right. And that type of uh, like understanding is very, it's very binary in how we look for the result. But what if we approach things with maybe, right? Mm. What if maybe this could have a positive impact? What if maybe. This could be the tool that we need to fill some of the gaps in the care delivery process. Maybe this has a positive impact on us rather than being so instantaneously on team yes or team no. I think we need to do a better job of kind of positioning ourselves in that maybe and being curious about what we're going to see in the future.
0: Yeah, which is a tough mindset, I think, for a lot of people to, to step into. So many things in society kind of drive us towards, you know, a yes or a no mainly this can fall back on to the way that we get raised up in society and i think it's a change that we need to start understanding um that that there is a maybe that is there is there an option especially for something like this where you know like we said not only is there a decrease in mental health workers and health workers in general but they're some of the most at-risk people it's just horrible compounding effect and there doesn't seem to be an answer. And this, this could be the answer that they need. And they're already doing, you touched on this at the very beginning, they're already finding ways to actually train AI with NLP, which is the natural learning um process, not natural language process, sorry, to help it recognize speech patterns in mm-hmm. people to help diagnose things. Because I'm gonna have to look at the number on this because I want to make sure I get it right. Um, The number of extreme cases of mental health illness that are misdiagnosed, and this is only for severe ones, but it's like, I I don't have the number in front of me right now, but it's quite high. Mm And it's because of the fact that they're already overworked, so they're going to make mistakes because we're all human. So it's giving a buffer zone for that, which I think is really important, really powerful.
1: And that's why I think the role of technology is, right? I mean, it is that buffer, it is that lubricant, if you will, that kind of allows for us to be more proficient. And when you say, Mm -hmm. you know, the levels, I'm going to use the term burnout, right? When you have healthcare providers consistently trying to engage with people, help nurture a better mindset, help work through natural problems, we only have so much capability or so much water we can pour out of our own cup to fill other people's cups. And so if we think about technology being kind of the tool that can help us be a little bit more proficient that will limit some of those mistakes. I think that that's incredibly important. And that's something that we really seriously need to be able to evaluate because my question for you, Freeman, is how do we hire our way out of this problem? Do you think that's possible?
0: I don't think it is. I think with the way that society is changing to be very specialized as well, you're going to get less people willing to do the general work because they're going to be more specialized. And that is the space that AI can fill. Mm-hmm. They can fill the general positions that aren't the specialized things and help, like you said, funnel people toward the right specialities that they may need to get the best help that they can. And that really is a more efficient system in a total society
1: way. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that I think about is, you know, something that kind of pushes us towards that yes, no mentality is our own personal bias. And so somebody who has grown up kind of in our unique space, right? We were born before technology became so prominent, and now it's become an integrated part of our daily life in so many different ways. My question for you is, would you feel comfortable talking to a tool that you knew was AI if it created value and how you could interact, kind of navigate through emotions and tough feelings? Is that something that you would try out?
0: You know, that's a powerful question. I don't think I've... I am super positive on ai but even then i don't know how i would feel because obviously we'd have to let people know that it is an ai that they're speaking to you can't hide that that would be probably all kinds of bad ethicals going on there and i guess i would because i'm an optimist i'd be willing to give it a try and see what happened yeah but i know that a lot of people wouldn't Mm -hmm. and i wonder if they realize the impact that that could have on the people who are supplying that help, that might begin to change that perspective for them to be like, Oh, this isn't just because they find it easier. It's because it's removing a weight on the other end for somebody else. And maybe employing that empathy on it would, would help people start to understand that it is a needed change.
1: I agree. I think, um, you know, you have to have an internal champion, Right. If you're going to push any type of initiative, let's talk about business. Right. It's always best when you've got somebody who can own the process and communicate the value. And so I really think it's important for organizations that are in the mental and behavioral health space to start championing, 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 championing some of these um, types of initiatives because when it comes from a trusted resource we're much willing much more willing to accept its actual you know usefulness and its practicality and why it's necessary rather than you know one of the biggest problems that i see is a lot of healthcare solutions and tech solutions are developed in a vacuum you've got really mm-hmm. smart people who come up with a solution then push it out into the marketplace right but often it doesn't get the adoption it's needed because it's coming from an outside perspective and so I would love to see a big-time mental behavioral health practitioner and or organization talk about why they're utilizing this tool, why it's beneficial, and, help, and why it helps them be more responsive to the needs of their community. That's one, I think, one of the first big dominoes that we have to push down.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And I think people love to see validation of something, right? This goes back to how we can get people to understand that it's an important change. Yeah. They have to see it tested first, right? And interesting enough, I actually pulled up some data for this. So, there's a the company called uh, Uper, which is a, a mental health app, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ran some tests and pulled some data. And just using it for two weeks of treatment, they prescribed Uper as the treatment. There was a 24% decrease in anxiety and a 19% decrease in depression.
1: Big and Youper numbers in
0: AI. Yeah, those are big numbers. Yeah. They're not insignificant. And so I'm curious if you guys at Francis, if you've looked at any of the the data, so to speak, because I know you guys isn't quite quite AI, but it is telehealth is impacting that. And I'm curious on what the data kind of might look like from your guys' side.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be companies like Uber that kind of push the boundary for everybody to get comfortable and sitting Mm. in that space and adopting, right? I mean, we currently use AI in different fashions, one of which is for safety, um, because Francis in itself, our texting solution is not a real-time monitored conversation, right? There's not a clinician on the back end, but rather when people trigger on safety phrases, like when someone says help or they say suicide or hurt myself or harm myself or anything like that. We've got phrases that AI looks at from the response perspective, and then we'll automatically respond with a higher level of care or a nudge in the right direction. So if you're mm. feeling suicide or if this is an emergency call 911 or access a resource like 988 as an example. And then when we get into some of our partnerships, we push people towards those additional resources to say, you can access the counselor on your school campus right? Using AI to be that instantaneous response that people need to give them a nudge in the right direction because we never know how much that could actually help somebody in a moment of need. And that's where I really think a lot of people need to get like secure and confident in AI's ability to play that role of instantaneous response after hours, push them in the right direction and give them the nudge that they're looking for.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way of using it because it answers the problem of you can't have a practitioner on every single one of those. Like that's not even remotely scalable, not as in a sheerly in a business model, but also in a demand for the help. because Mm -hmm. now you're burning out the physician more by having them online and and viable. And like the demand for this treatment is just increasing. So it's gone from 60% to 72% in a year. Um, And I don't know what year those are from, but it's increasing significantly year over year. So you have to find a way to scale it that doesn't impact the other issues at the other side of this coin, which is the practitioners.
1: And that's where I think it's just like such a – there's such a demand, especially in the mental and behavioral health space when we talk about AI and the role it can play. I mean, AI is running so many of our other systems behind the scenes, right? I think of utilities. I think of, you know, the power, the water companies, how they're using AI to be able to predict, you know, high flow times and when they need to be able to reinforce the grid with more energy. Those tools are in the background working right now. We just need to figure out what is the applicable application for these tools to start impacting us on a human basis, recognizing Mm -hmm. that the marketplace we're working with is incredibly underserved. So what is the appropriate role this is going to play for us? And from my perspective, it's like the six man off the bench. You can run five starters on the basketball court all day, but unless you've got a good six man and they understand their responsibility, you're not going to be as good unless you start integrating them into the game. You know? Yeah. You've got to use them. You've got to find those things and, and use them. Which I think, which is weirdly enough, actually leads me
0: right into one of the bits that I wanted to kind of give people to take away from this conversation that we're having, which is that explore what's available right? Like test things out, see what, see how it works, explore it, watch YouTube videos on it. Just start to gain more knowledge in your brain behind, you know, what it is that AI is doing. And if if that's something that works for you, great, you know, lean into it more. I think that's something that people can really start doing.
1: I mean, that's a beautiful takeaway for me as well. It's like, you have to have that sense of curiosity. Right. You're often very quick to judge by saying, yes, this works for me or no, this is not. But when you come out with that sense of maybe and you try and spend some time and really try and stretch your brain to understand how this can impact your life, how this can impact your business, how this could impact your social circle, your family, the people who you care about on a larger scale. I think that's where we really have to kind of approach these things because they're so new. They're so innovative. We don't have enough data like we've talked about today to be able to tell what the true impact is, but we also need that human element to push it in the right direction. Like we've talked about a couple of times today. Yeah, definitely. This is a big topic
0: for sure. And it's one thing that I want to make people very aware of as we finish here is that if you are feeling you need assistance with this, and I'm sure Keenan, you understand this as well. Like talk to somebody, whoever it is, you could be a fr- friend, a family. There's a lot of interesting, you know, better help is one of them, you know, online therapists that you can chit chat with. But I just encourage you, if you, even if you're curious about it, even if you have the f- most fleeting feeling that you want to talk to somebody about it, I highly encourage you to go do that. Go talk to somebody else about it. Um, because it really can make a big difference.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, man. You know, those conversations, what we're really trying to talk about today is creating opportunities to support each other. You know what I mean? Like, I think in this world today, we think that we're so alone, although we're hyper connected by our devices. Many people don't look outside of their immediate circle, or even look to their immediate circle for the support that they need. And you know, there's so many people in your life who care about you. There's so many people who are who want your best interest at heart. And so when you're willing to reach out and just talk about this stuff, you know, it's just so important. That's a great way to get started. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I encourage everybody, if you've enjoyed this conversation, check out the other ones on the channel. Go see what Keenan's doing with Francis and on all his social channels. The messaging he's putting out is amazing. I'd love for you to see what I'm doing on my channels as well. And I would also add into that that reach out to one of us if you feel comfortable to. I guarantee that either one of us will open that message and respond to you. Um, and because it's very important to us if there's something that you want to hear as well us chat about on this guys there will be a question poll in the description of this episode so go on there or again send us a message and say hey i'd love to hear you guys talk about this topic as always guys thank you so much for tuning in for listening and we hope to catch you guys on the next one